Travelers, and welcome back to Top Shelf Disney Animation Studios Library for our 25th, an- and, I, and I was going to say anniversary. It's not anniversary. No, no, it's the at the anniversary. movie <laughs> of this list. I am Jeff. Over there is TC. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back, TC. Good to be back, Jeff. <laughs> welcome, everybody listening to us. Y'all yes, fine yeah. people out there. Nice for y'all to join us. Yeah, for those uh, of you who might be new to the podcast, we, we, yes. uh, we're going to be talking about a Disney movie today, a specific yes. Disney movie. Could Jeff continue? So this week's movie, let's just get right into it. I think, yes. you know what, let's not, let's not banter, let's not waste precious time. Let's yeah. talk about this let's movie, get to the point. What, let's what, get mo- to the meat. What movie is it? I have clicked what? on this link to listen to this audio without reading a thing on the screen. <laughs> you have clicked blindly onto yes. a link. Just uh, any link someone sent up. you. <laughs> what, am, what am I listening to? What is this? You'll find out at the end of the episode. All right, now on to the next hour. No, no, no. no we watched the 1985 animated film, The Black Cauldron. The 25th and film in the Disney Animation Studios Library. Indeed. We're right in the midst of what many would like to call the first dark ages of the mm-hmm. Disney Animation mm-hmm. Studios years. And uh, that has nothing to do with the... Visual representation of these movies, though this not movie necessarily is quite dark, not, not necessarily. <laughs> well, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, right. So, some people equate the Dark Ages to the content, which is the Rescuers, Dark Child Kidnapping, and last week we watched Fox and the Hound, which is all about <laughs> growing up, and, growing up and, and leaving this week, people which, alone. And I'm still crying. Which the and then we have Black Cauldron here, which is set in the Dark Ages and is a dark film in its content or it could mean the dark ages and the fact that none of these movies were financial successes true and it's it's kind of it's it's almost fitting that it could be either or you know like it's it's <laughs> it's it's weird how that kind of worked out that yeah these are the dark ages of content and financial you know yeah, for yeah. the for the movie studio but uh, uh because but this movie, this... tc right <laughs> off the bat can I ask what did we watch? This, <laughs> <laughs> this I'm not sure this about is, this movie. This movie is so it's this is an anomaly. And especially out of the 25 movies we've watched so far, this movie is the least Disney film we've watched in these 25 films. I, Absolutely. I, Including the package movies, like yeah. which aren't really even movies. Those are short stories all crammed together. Right, but they, they have the Disney flair about them. They have the, the Disney-isms about them. And this movie doesn't feel like a Disney film. It doesn't look like a Disney film. It doesn't have the music. It doesn't have the characterization. It doesn't have the storytelling. And in even in this this dark age of, of these darker films with darker content... It's it stands out even more so, especially from the last two, which definitely it. it oh man, that, what what happens in this movie? What happens in this movie? This kid loses his pig. <laughs> he chases his. Not pig. gonna lie, that's pretty damn hilarious right off the bat. So <laughs> he he chases his pig, <clears throat> stumbles upon uh, the Lord, the evil Lord Sauron. Yep. Uh, excuse me. Uh, you mean the Horned oh, King? The Horned King. There's a lot yes. of Lord of the Rings in this movie. Oh, oh my goodness, God. there is. Oh my God. Oh sheesh. Uh, uh, and and then and then the Horned King is defeated, and the kid goes home. Right. That's it. It's I'm really not a even... simple story. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I can't even give Taran, our main character, Taran, credit for defeating the Horned King. Because oh. it, it, we're we're gonna as much as this movie is a mishmash, where our conversation about it's gonna be a mis- mishmash. <laughs> there's no final battle between these two. It was cut from the film, which 
we will discuss. <laughs> but, oh, you know, and that's the thing. Watching this movie, I feel like okay, okay. So I I did I did a little reading while I was watching the movie because that's what I usually do, anyways. Mm-hmm. Like that's just that's just how I do. And I I was about halfway into it when I realized I'm like, oh, I have okay. I, now I, obviously I've heard of the Black Cauldron, but right. I do remember he, reading articles about like the stuff that they cut out of this movie because it was originally too dark. And the the, the test audience that they did for it, uh, like, ha- like, oh, what was it? It was like two-thirds of the way through the film um, when they bring the army, that like the dead army back. Yeah, the, like, the, the cauldron born. Right. Like, apparently in the original scene where they actually show the sacrifice, which they allude to, but they never show. Right. Um, they actually showed the guy, like, boiling and pussing down like disintegrating down to nothing <laughs> and like a family got up and just left the theater let, led an exodus <laughs> led an yeah. exodus out of this out of the screening it's it's the dark content like this i'm sorry to, to, to cut you no, off but ahead. it's it's the dark content of that that puts it so that makes it so different from what we've seen up to this point in this library of films and i completely get why this is a certifiable cult classic Mm-hmm. And and by cult classic, I mean those movies that have such a passionate fan base and and people who just love the movie that that isn't a massive hit. It isn't a movie that everyone has seen. With with the advent of digital technology, it's so easy to pass stuff around. Movies cult cult status films are becoming less of a thing, especially in America. I think the cult films we see now are foreign films. Those are the cult right. hits. Because the, right. the American-made films that, that could feel like cult hits, if you look like Fury Road or John Wick, those are mainstream movies, and they get passed around via digital technology, streaming services. Right. It's just easier to get these things now. But back when this movie came out, Disney didn't want to release it on video, and it took a rabid, small fan base asking for this movie in some form for them to get it in the form that they did. And it was something that was passed around on crappy VHS uh, tapes for decades, and it and and it's it it is a cult hit for by that standard, and I get it, Jeff. Do mm-hmm. you get it? Do do I do I do I do get, get it? do you get why I, people like this movie? Like you, I get. I do understand why, and I feel like it's it's there's a lot of uh, I think it's like a combination of a lot of like the lore behind the making of the film, the right. fact that there was stuff deleted, the fact that it's not a traditional Disney movie in the midst of more or less traditional Disney movies. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was, I, I see it. I get why it is a fan base. I'm a, I'm a, and I, I know this has been, I'm pretty sure we brought this up in the podcast. If we haven't, or if we have, please oh, forgive yeah. me. I, I um, knew this watching please it. forgive me. <laughs> but like, like I, I, I love cult movie. I love like a lot of eighties movies that, I mean, I'm a fan of like the monster squad. I like the monster squad. It's a good cult film from the 87. Actually, it just, as the time we're recording it, it, just it just reached thirty years, its thirtieth nice. anniversary. Um, but like movies like that, and 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 stuff like you know, technically the Goonies was technically a cult film for the longest time, and like right. even the Predator was kind of a cult film for a little while, and and like the Lost Boys and stuff like these are all movies that that are very much so that niche. kind of like they're niche and they don't have, they they didn't have that wide release, or if they did, nobody went and saw them, and they all kind of fell apart. But right. there's something about like. Those types of movies and the yeah, like I said, the lore behind them and just it appealing to only a small market. I get why people like this movie. I understand. Now, right. am I amongst them? <laughs> Jeff, you don't I like fantasy. Say, you don't like. I fantasy. don't like. 
I don't like fantasy. I didn't even consider that until the movie until we started watching it that you had mentioned that during Sword in the Stone that this right. is just not your genre. This is not your. It's area. just not my genre. Yeah, and like I, 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 and that's not to say that I wasn't intrigued by some of the ideas about it. Like I actually kind of liked the Horn King. I'm like, that's an interesting villain. Mm-hmm. That it's it's is it. Is it um um is it is it not who is it not is it Grayskull or who is it is from uh, Masters Skele- of the Universe Skeletor, Skeletor? is he Skeletor <laughs> is that who he is does he, he become does. Skeletor <laughs> no because he's got the 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 dulcet tones of John Hurt and not that's Skeletor <laughs> oh that's true dang Nebit okay so he's not Skeletor so wait is the Horn King Skeletor's brother yes older oh, brother or or at least using the same magic as Maleficent because those dragons. <laughs> Actually, that's, oh yeah, there's we'll, just dragons. <laughs> we'll we'll circle back to Sleeping Beauty. We'll circle back to Sleeping Beauty. But <laughs> the though I get why people have a have a, a love for this movie, why that it, it has a cult status. I get that. Mm-hmm. The look of it and the ideas of it are there. There, this thing is ripe for potential to the point that that I would 100% support a re, a redux of this movie, a, a re not a reboot, a, re, a a retry, like a second mm-hmm. go of this because right. There is, there is potential in this story. There's so many cool ideas, uh, but they are executed so poorly and so just sporadically. How many characters are in this movie? Seriously, this has I got know. way too many sidekicks. <laughs> and we're like, we're like halfway in the movie, and I'm like, oh, they, did they just introduce another one? Yeah. Like, okay, so every so we scene have... introduces a character. <laughs> Not every I'm like, I'm, scene, I'm exaggerating, but it feels like it. But it feels like that because it's like, okay, so here's our main little, here's our boy. Oh, and there's, okay, there's the old man. Oh, and there's, okay, there's there's the pig. All right, mm-hmm. so the pig's a part of this. Mm-hmm. But okay, so so now now Gurgi showed up. Okay, now, now Gurgi's, okay, so Gurgi's the, the sidekick. Okay, I, I get it. Yeah. Nope, now there's, now there's, now there's the princess. Okay, yeah, Ella, Ella, princess. Elowin. Elowin. Okay, we're like, oh, okay, okay. She's got, she's got her orb. She's got her navi. Where the hell did that yep. thing go, Jeff? We got to the fairy <laughs> section. I went, wait a minute, where did that orb go? <laughs> anyway, so she yeah, just so pocketed it and forgot she had it. We it, before <laughs> introducing Elwin, we have we have uh, the Horn King and his little goblin sidekick. Right, right. Uh, we have the and obviously all of his henchmen that mm-hmm. are that are out there running around that we keep kind of coming there, back there's, to. And there's seeing. one in particular we see more the one that keeps saying Pig Boy. Right. Um, and then we have, and I, I don't remember the names of a lot of these guys by all means, but like, then that's the old man minstrel uh, character. Fr- yes. Yep. No, Is I that, was that, uh, Fluter Flam? Fluter Flam. Fluter Flam. We're going to call him, uh, him Fluter Flam. Which, not going to lie. That's probably one of the best names I've seen a Disney movie come up with because <laughs> it is so ridiculous. But well, it's not, it's it, so ridiculous that it, it comes back around to being legit. <laughs> yeah, it's and it's not Disney because this True, is based on a Disney. book series. Uh, <laughs> but you're also forgetting the sword, which has which oh, is yes. anthropomorphic, and you're forgetting the 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 Fluorframs <laughs> um, harp, like which harp. also is is alive or has some sort of sentience. Then you have the fairy folk. Oh my goodness! One of which is Tinker. <laughs> I don't know Tink- if you noticed that Tinkerbell Tinkerbell's, Tink- Tinkerbell's one of the fairies. Oh no, I didn't notice it. <laughs> yeah, so like in one of the, one of the wide shots of the three of them standing there of, of the boy and Elowen and uh, Flutterflam, whatever, yeah. uh, standing there, and all the fairies are rising up between the boy and Elowen is Tinkerbell. It's in it because she's wearing her green dress. She's yellow. She's it's she's probably the more detailed one in mm-hmm. that shot too. 
Um, I'll see if I can't find a screenshot of it, and then I'll put it on the the Ghost App page, or I'll, if I remember, I'll post it to Facebook as well. So just let you guys know. Oh, I I actually have. It might actually be sitting in one of your guys' office at your at your job. I have a fairy folk. It's an orange and red fairy folk from this movie that I got as a doll at some point in my lifetime that oh. I I had brought as a puppet for a movie we worked on. And it's sitting oh, yeah. on one of your shelves somewhere. I'll have to look for that. <laughs> and, but we're, we're not done with characters yet because there's three witches oh. in this thing. Oh, yes. I forgot about the three witches that are yep. in, what, yep. two scenes <laughs> or one scene and then they disappear until the end and then they come back? I think that if that's everybody. Oh. I think we've said that, that is just, that's too many characters. and It's, and it's, it's too many and I can't keep track of them. Right. This movie is has got way too many ideas. And even even simplifying the ideas to take something like a fantasy adventure that this is, something that has source material, taking two of the five books and cramming it into one story and, mm-hmm. and structuring it around the hero's quest, there's a call to adventure. He's the he ha, he's longing for adventure like Luke Skywalker. He has his mentor, uh, the the crossroads, like all the hits of the of the hero's journey are here. But why do they hit them so poorly? <laughs> Right. It, it's right. I actually think it's because Tarn is an unlikable little little I don't like the kid. <laughs> I was like T C T C We're keeping uh, a G here. We're uh, keeping, keeping it. Although G, this sir. movie is uh, G rated. It's it's PG rated. It's PG rated. Um, death Which, so that, murder then, blood. And that's one of the things apparently apparently doing my research, the reason why so much of it had been cut, not only because there was issues with some of the screenings, mm-hmm. but was because it would have at the time it came out, it would have gotten an R rating. Whoa, really? Originally, because this was right around the time that they created the PG thirteen. Oh, right. But it still hadn't yet been a had been a PG like it was just kind of new and it was just kind of starting out okay. so it would have been an R rating so then they started cutting stuff the PG-13 thing came out they're like well we don't want a PG-13 you know because yes obviously it's not R now mm-hmm. and so they kept cutting it to get the PG rating that it yeah. ultimately ended but, with but, but you know, I mean prior to prior like during the first pass this would have been an R rated Disney movie wow that's amazing Let's let's talk about this. We keep discussing how things have been cut and how that there was there was troubles with the screenings. Well, after the film had been moved out of post production and or in, out of production into post production, where they're doing the cleanups, they're doing the final touch ups. Jeffrey Katzenberg was promoted to the head of animation of of the Disney Animation Studios. Sat down for a screening of this film and hated it this guy was <laughs> furious at the quality of this film and he demanded that they re-edit it that they recut it and i don't know if you're aware of this jeff you can't re-edit an animated film <laughs> all you can do is make cuts to an animated film right in in a, in a traditional sense of animation what he was asking for was impossible and his animation team said we we can't do this he's like i you have to take 12 to 15 minutes out of this movie 10 to 15 minutes out of this movie give me a new cut and and so roy disney mm-hmm. and the, and the animators they did it they cut about 6 minutes out of the movie and they presented it to katzenberg again and he said the movie and he's like well, was that 10 minutes and they said no we we were only able to find 
six minutes worth of lines that didn't affect the plot or visuals that didn't affect the plot, uh, create any plot. He's like, no, I wanted, fi- I wanted 50, give me the movie. And he locked himself in the editing room with the film and began to take a machete to it. They had to oh. call, they had to call Michael Eisner, the head of Disney, to tell him what was happening. And Eisner had to talk Katzenberg down from, <laughs> from, taking his knives to this movie and saying like, Hey man, there's different ways to go about this. Calm down. (laughs) Okay. And, (laughs) and they, and they still managed to cut 11 minutes out of this movie and add some new animation to clean up some plot holes that were created and some visual hiccups in the process. But from the fact that the screenings were received so poorly from parents, from Katzenberg's meltdown about this film, the, the troubles they had just creating this, the fact that a movie even as coherent as this movie is, exists is kind of a miracle. <laughs> oh yes, oh yes, absolutely. It's 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 I I and I, I the only thing I can imagine is that I, I just I can't imagine how it got that far in production though, because obviously somebody had to be watching this progress and see yeah. like, well, is this not is this too dark, guys? Like, is is this too bad what we're doing, or is is this right? Is this where Disney's I, going with this? I have, like if, I have a, I have some ideas, theories. If you wanna, if we wanna call, okay. put it in that section of things, I'm okay with that. So this came out in '85, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it was uh, someone Wyatt on the comic books uh, comment section on the Facebook page mentioned how it was coming out of the fantasy boom that was the '60s into the the late '70s, and and this movie certainly would have fit more, uh, would have fit better out of the 80s, probably in the 70s when the fantasy boom was happening. And I think that this movie was affected by Star Wars, and I think it was affected by uh, the animation of other studios. Because we, as uh, Richard, uh, not Richard, um, Don Bluth was developing his studio at this point, they are now competing with him, they're competing with Ralph Bakshi, the anime craze had just started to reach the United States with things like Astro Boy and Akira and... Not just reach the states, but they'd be coming into the the more pop cultural awareness of different styles of animation. There's not just Disney and Hanna Barbera. <laughs> that mm-hmm. that there was more. There wasn't just Warner Brothers and these three. Because and Warner Brothers and Hanna Barbera weren't even creating feature films. Disney was fighting in its own ring for a while, and these upstarts and these competitors were coming along, and. They were now against the ropes. They didn't have Disney's Walt's guidance anymore. The old animators were getting out of touch. The new animators were trying to push the envelope further than people were comfortable with. I mean, Tim Burton worked on this, and his character designs were thrown out. If you guys listening want to see some really cool character design work that early Tim Burton did, you can Google his Black Cauldron stuff. There's a great special feature that's on the, the DVD of some of his designs that were rejected. And... Honestly, looking at where Tim Burton is now, he he could have been more responsible for crafting a much better Black Cauldron than not 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 current Tim Burton. Don't, not current Tim not, Burton. Yes, please no, let's, no, let's, please let's specify. Let's not do that. But uh, <laughs> the the oh, man. the early years Tim Burton and his his wicked sense of, of storytelling would have served a movie like this really well. But right. it it just came in this there's this changing of the guard and the changing of what the audiences wanted and all that just accumulated into a movie that they were desperate to make a hit that wasn't for Disney. This was not a movie that I feel that era of Disney could make. I think Disney could make it now. Right. 
and and in particular, and they would get go, they'd yeah. get away with it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because here's the thing. I said earlier. I wouldn't. I think that there is there's so much potential in this story and its content, and this this could be. And and take this for take this in the light sense. I mean it that this could be something in the realm of a more family friendly Game of Thrones, <laughs> right? Right. Or or something that could capitalize on. No one has been able to capitalize on the success of Lord of the Rings. Not even The Hobbit, right? <laughs> Not and, even its own series could capitalize mm-hmm. on <laughs> on itself. And and Disney, they succeeded by fluke, as far as I'm concerned, with the Pirates of the Caribbean. They returned oh, yes. to swashbuckling adventure films with the first Pirates, The Curse of the Black Pearl. That movie yep. is is a fluke, but they've they managed to re like find success by being the swashbuckling adventure films. They tried yep. to reclaim the westerns with Lone Ranger and failed miserably. They tried to get science fiction with uh, with uh, John Carter of Mars and failed yep. miserably. I think they could attempt and pr- maybe fail, depending who was who was responsible, <laughs> to try to capture swords and sorcery with a live action uh, series of Black Cauldron films. I think there. So TC, there is it, it is funny that you, it's funny that you mentioned that because I don't know if you were aware of this, but March thirteenth of twenty sixteen, okay, Disney Disney acquired the movie rights to the entire film oh. fantasy series. Okay, so, so there. I did not know that. I did not I'd see. Yes, they, there is the potential for this. I think the 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 love that fans have for this film is. I really think it's built upon the imagination that the fans have to see mm-hmm. how potentially how how much potential this film has because the film itself is not well constructed. It's not well paced. It's not well performed. Just in in terms of, of in terms of storytelling and performance, but it is there, and I think the love that this movie has in underground circles is because people know how good it could be, right? And 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 maybe maybe that's like now I'm trying to think like so why would Disney want to acquire the rights to them? You know this book series. Maybe that's mostly because well we have a movie that's based upon a couple of them. We want to be able to mm-hmm. maintain some extra rights regarding our film and that. But there's also a part of me that says they're going because as 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 a as a as a creative type of myself and I, I you might experience some of the same stuff. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure you do, but I don't want to put words <laughs> into your mouth. Um, I am the type of person that if I were to look back at my body of work and I went, you know what, I did not do that. That did not work the way I wanted it to. Right. And the way I look at it, I'm like, it's kind of a black mark on on the rest of my stuff that I'm I'm proud of the rest of the stuff, but this one I'm not. Mm-hmm. I will go back and I will find a way to rework that and remake that until it's perfect yeah, or it's better. Yeah. It's, so it's... there's a part of me that in the back <laughs> of my head, I'm wondering if Disney's not kind of doing it because I feel like this is the movie out of all the ones we're going to watch. This is the one with the most notoriety for being the most non-Disney movie amongst amongst the 50 some odd ones we're going to be watching. Yeah, and I, it's the one yeah. like everybody knows. Everybody know, you know, everyone's or everyone's heard of it. I can't say everyone's seen it. They're aware, but of it. they're aware of the Black Cauldron. And some people might be like, "Oh yeah, it, that's the real dark one," or "I've never seen it, but I've heard it's weird and it's not a Disney <laughs> movie," you know, like something like that. And uh, so it's 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 there. It's not like Disney has completely hidden this movie. <laughs> right? They it's haven't just... managed to get rid of it, but <laughs> they they weren't ashamed of it like they were for Sleeping Beauty for so long. Right. Which is so weird. <laughs> Disney's so weird. I don't understand it. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's if that's not what they're they're kind of doing, and they're they're looking at like, okay, let's instead of making a sequel to stuff, why don't we 
reboot our own well now with the whole love of making live action adaptations of their animated films right um maybe that's the the direction they're going to go with this one instead of it being a uh like more mostly a frame by frame adaptation (laughs) it's going to be more of a let's just let's start over let's just do something new because like this adaptation at its best from book to screen as we see it i at its best would put it with the percy jackson movies which is oh, not, wow. I'm not, I'm not, that's not a lot of praise. Yeah. And, and really, it's probably, it, it really more is in line with Aragon, the dragon movie. Okay. But at its worst, in in its weakest points, this adaptation is about as good as Shyamalan's The Last Airbender. Oh. And I'm sorry, I know people love this movie, but it's just, when I look at it from the structure, when I look at it from the storytelling, it it feels like a choose-your-own-adventure book put to screen. It feels yes. like a video game being played in front of me. The well, you know, the urgency doesn't feel real. The the stakes don't feel real, and and the character choices feel more like. Would you like to choose push the pig over the moat or jump yourself? I right. will push the pig over the moat. You have been caught. Turn to page seven. <laughs> right, right. Well, and it's funny that you made that comment because while I was watching this movie, all I ever thought about. I, I, I just I kept watching, going. This looks like Dragon's Lair. Yes. Oh, yes. This I, looks like the Dragon's Lair. Like it's the same. It's the same like animation style and character designs and and the 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 lighting effects and the anime. Like just what like the the motion of the characters. I'm like, this mm-hmm. looks like the Dragon's Lair game. So it's funny that you bring up that it felt like a video game to you because I'm like, it looks like a video game done by Don Bluth. Yeah, and, and Don <laughs> Bluth had done Dragon's Lair. Yep. Two years released two years before this, yep. and it's it goes back to what I was saying competing with him he, that he took that animation team that he took and started forming Don Blue Studios. He he made his mark by by affecting how Disney approaches their film. I really do think that. And see, I feel like this movie this movie is more suited to be a film by Don Bluth. This seems like it. It almost like if you didn't tell me this was a Disney movie, that would have been my next guess. Oh yeah, was that it? Yeah. Would, it was done by Don, and it must have been done by that guy, like done by Don Bluth, because it looks like something. It looks like one of his movies. It looks like his animation, his character design, all that stuff. Yeah, and and, and, I, it, and that would have been my next guess. <laughs> Disney missed. There's so many missed opportunities in this, and and they they tried weird things that I don't feel. I kept waiting for them to break out into song. This movie has oh, zero yes. singing. There's no singing yep. in this film. There's not even no a song during with, the closing credits. <laughs> No, which I was actually like getting excited. I'm like, okay, well, what's the end song gonna be? And then nothing <laughs> happened. I went, oh, oh okay. Yeah, it was and- scored by Elmer Bernstein, though, and and you know, known for classics such right. as you know Ghostbusters and stuff. Like that. <laughs> yeah, that's Sorry. right. Oh yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm literally looking at a Ghostbusters poster right now, and there's his name. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, right there. Same composer. So like that, which was kind of weird because now obviously I, I can't. I can't speak because 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 there was a lot of composers and musicians that had worked on the previous DC films, mm-hmm. but this is the first one that I got to, and I went, "Oh, Elmer Bernstein composed this." You oh, recognize wow. him? <laughs> like, I recognized. I went, "Oh, I know who that is. I I know that composer." And it was kind of that, in, you know, in my head, it was the first realization of, "Oh yeah, this is there's actual." This is going to sound bad. There's actual movie composers working on these movies now. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not saying that there wasn't before everybody just, you know, <laughs> you're just I recognizing mean. it. You're just recognizing it. Was, it, was it, a, it was a more modern and that's what actually that's kind of when I realized like we're in we're we're in my era of movies mm-hmm. that that was like, "Oh yeah, it's it's a composer I know that 
did a ton of movies that I watched growing up, yeah. you know, and, well, the, and little things like that. So the 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 composition and the score in this actually is quite good. And oh, it, yeah. uh, strangely enough, and I I could I don't I can't say this for certain, but based on just skimming through. Uh, some sites just trying to find information about this. There's more releases of the score of this film than the movie itself. <laughs> hmm. Nah, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not so, surprised. <laughs> the, so there was actually an Oscar win for this film. Uh, oh. A new animation technique was created for this film, and it was oh, only yes. used once for this film. <laughs> Because because of the advent of computer technology, which there was computer technology used in in this film uh, mm-hmm. to create the bubbles when he's given uh, the pig the bath and and the castle itself and this this new new oh shoot I had the, the information in front of me here uh, apt is what it's called apt and yep 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 and it was a the, it was a way to the bypass anim, the, anim, the animation what? photo transfer sorry I just looked at oh it. there you go <laughs> yep sorry it was Continue. a way to bypass ink inking the cells that you didn't have to you didn't have to ink the cells you could go directly from pencil to paint to screen and it 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 sped up the process um for good or ill because another thing that Katzenberg was guilty of here and Eisner himself was that they wanted to stop spending so much time and money and effort on these films they just wanted to get them out mm-hmm. they just wanted to have finished product that they could put out there and move on to the next thing. Now, if that sounds like a, a method of just making money and not exactly creating art, it might uh, not surprise you to learn that Jeffrey Katzenberg is the guy who created DreamWorks animation, which <laughs> I think would be guilty of churning out movies regardless of its uh, of its quality. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm looking at all the Shrek films and Ants. Yep. Anyways. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we, we'll Katzenberg actually led the second exodus of Disney animators to create the DreamWorks Animation Studios in a few movies. We'll 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 get there down the road a little bit. Um, but uh, th- this we keep talking about the love of this film and and the the but they wanted to return to Sleeping Beauty's styles. If you will look at Elowen, she's wearing Aurora's outfit. Yeah, and that's what I kept thinking the entire time I was watching it. I'm like, why she's why did they make her look like that? Let's let's talk about her. To tell you the truth, I I really liked Elowen. I don't necessarily like her vocal performance. There's something a little too cutesy, girly about her. Uh, mm-hmm. But I like the idea that she's not she's not at first at least a prize for Taran to win. She's she's the brain of the aberration. She's the reason they escaped his captivity. That guy just fumbles through the entire movie. Uh, uh, She's 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 a neat character, and, and unfortunately for her, I guess as this non-existing entity, she's the only Disney princess to not get Disney princess status. There you know are why? non-Disney princesses who have that have that crown, and she doesn't. <laughs> that is true. I just realized that because I was watching the movie. I'm like, you know, I don't remember ever seeing her being among the Disney princesses because I don't know her character. I didn't yeah. know she was in this movie and like oh. until she showed up and I'm like, who is this? <laughs> it's because her name's hard to say. Allow Allowin? Where are you been uh, saying uh, it? We've been saying it incorrectly. This I'm ready. I'm ready. When she popped out, right, when she shows up for the first time, mm-hmm. she comes out, she's she's blonde, she's wearing this pink dress. She has her little floating fairy orb with her, which disappears. I want to point that out again. Her never heard of again. <laughs> I immediately looked at her, I was like, she looks like Princess Zelda. 
And there is an urban legend that yep. this this movie was a success in Japan, and there is an urban legend that uh, Miyamoto, who created The Adventures of Zelda, The Legend of Zelda, was inspired by this film for its look and its lore. So I did see that. I read that <laughs> online, and I'm like, that's interesting. That's interesting because it would, it would be the correct era like yeah, it's the right yeah. time frame for that to still be a, a, a possibility it's urban legend so it's it, it it could or could not be true but uh, that mm-hmm. might also lend to the the status that this film that the black cauldron has in itself that it is potentially was, this effect on a massive <laughs> massively popular <laughs> fantasy characters series so i do want to point out just a couple little things that i noticed while watching this film that mm-hmm. uh I just I had to jot down because I I, I debated this one. <clears throat> okay, so I was debating about putting this in the Disney firsts category. <laughs> okay, <laughs> uh, I did not, mostly because um, I just didn't think it was fitting. Mostly because I don't think there's anything more. I think this would be a Disney first and last. Okay. But uh, <laughs> basically, I'm talking about when the witches show up and the one witch turns the the the, the bard into a frog, mm-hmm. and then he disappears. <laughs> And he pokes his head up between her in her cleavage. Yes. <laughs> and that there's like a good two minute scene of a frog trying to escape a big, big breasted woman's cleavage. Just trying to escape a big breasted woman who really likes him. Who really <laughs> likes him. And I'm like, this oh, is a man. scene. <laughs> Str- flat out. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, I just remembered another like- character. The, the, the fairy who sounds like Gilbert Gottfried. Oh, yes. But every time he opened his mouth, I thought it was Gilbert Godfrey for a second. I'm like, oh, wait, no, it's not him. Sorry, I didn't mean to jump in there. But the, So the uh, witch no, is the cleavage. The, the cleavage, I'm just, I'm sitting there watching the scene going, this is a Disney movie, and there's uh, just a shot that's just uh, just a pair of boobs mm-hmm. and a frog in yeah, between them. It's... And I'm like, that just seems very inappropriate for a well, Disney I, movie. I, I am though I, in context I, with the rest of the film, I guess that's the tamest thing that happens, I guess. <laughs> I'm all for Disney taking new chances and going oh, in yeah. new directions and a lot of the successes that they did have over the course of the 25 films we've watched so far were because they took risks on ideas. But I, I it's cha- it's chasing What's popular? It's trying to be something they're not that affected this oh, film, yeah. and it's a scene you, like that that doesn't feel right. I don't know. I, I it feels weird. <laughs> it feels weird. I mean, it's funny, and again, I'm not. I'm not uptight. Trust me. I like stupid, oh, yeah. funny humor. I like I boobs like too, dirty. Jeff. I mean, we're I all like talking boobs. about boobs here. <laughs> Come on, that's what we are. Everybody poops, and I like boobs. That's, there you go. Uh, Come that's on, it's a matter of fact. But um, <laughs> but yeah, like I'm not saying that I don't like it. I just thought it was it's so weird and it's so out of place. And and I agree with you. I agree with you in saying that they're they're definitely they were just they feel like they were definitely just chasing what was popular and mm-hmm. what they saw everybody else doing. Because seriously, the first time that sword glows, oh, it glows bright blue. <laughs> like a and I swear, <laughs> it makes a hum like mm. a lightsaber. And I went. This is their this is their answer to the fact that Star Wars was at this point because Jedi had already been released, and yeah. for for two years at this point, mm-hmm. and well, I mean, at the time the movie came out, it had been out for two years because it was seventy seven, eighty, and eighty three, but like the 
but so it, it's still this movie was in production and so now star wars was a thing nobody had swords anymore people had lightsabers that was kind of the thing that's what kids liked so let's give our character I, a lightsaber it, yeah, it really feels like a movie a minute. made by committee where it's like what's popular right now check off all these boxes i mean yep. they they attempted to get ralph bakshi now jeff i don't know are you aware of ralph bakshi the animator I am not off the top of my okay. head. Okay, uh, he did the the Hobbit animated movie. Ooh. He's uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he he did um oh, shoot. There's another okay. Cool World was in there. He he is oh, a, okay. Uh, I know a, of his work. <laughs> he did a fantasy movie previous to this. They actually wanted Bakshi to come in a, into Disney to try to f- head this film, Black Cauldron, and he said no. He's like, you Disney doesn't want me. You don't want me. I'm a little I'm a little too edgy for your taste. And Bakshi is. It's it's gritty. It's the seventies. He is he is the epitome of seventies in his animation. <laughs> and, but because he he did the 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 Lord of the Rings animated film, you could see the effects of that in a weird thing like a frog being in the thing in in that witch's boobs. But uh, Gergius Smeagol, are you kidding me? Oh my goodness! Well, okay. So what? The glowing sword. That's um. Oh man, I'm spacing Star it. Wars. It's it's. No, the glowing sword is Star Wars. You could right. argue in Lord of the Rings, though it's it's oh, it's uh, stings, it's sting, it's sting, because yeah. yeah. uh, that you know it glows when whatever. Uh, yeah, Gurgi is obviously is obviously Gollum slash Smeagol. I mean, right down to almost the voice. Yes. Oh my which, no! Um, right. I <laughs> did Andy Circus rip off this movie because that's this, what I'm wondering. <laughs> the Smeagol from from Bakshi's animated film doesn't sound like. The Smeagol that we know from the Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings, but Gurgi sounds like Andy Circus. It's so, I mean yep. he's like, oh master, okay, I'm, yes, where's my munchies and crunchies? Like it's yes, I couldn't believe it. I'm watching this like this is a weird distortion of time and space because <laughs> I know this is not ripping off Andy Circus, but it feels like it is. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, but like, going back to what you were saying in the beginning and just now, it, it's so much a ripoff of Lord of the Rings. The fact that Gurgi sacrifices himself or jumps into the boiling level, you know, area below to cease yeah. the evil. Oh, Granted, even the yes, call, even the call to adventure that that Tyron gets with the packing up of his stuff and sent out the door. Keep the pig secret. Keep the pig safe. Come on. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, exactly. Yeah. Oh man. And actually, I'm not gonna lie. I I I I think I looked down for like two minutes and I I. Got confused, and I had a, I went back after I was done watching the movie, and I read the full synopsis just to realize what I had missed. But mm-hmm. the whole uh, the whole um, the, the the pig was so important for the first two thirds of the film, and then, and well, then yeah, <laughs> it's just like oh, the pig's just gonna make it take himself home, and then that's it. Wait, but well, but, good wait, luck. But what? <laughs> like why? He was so important, and now he's just nope. We don't see him again until the very end. Yeah. It just felt like a weird twist there, and I don't. I know. I know we've been razzing on this Dude. movie by all means. Like it was a lot of. We've been we've been doing like a lot of negative stuff about this film, right. but just I don't know. I will say this. I will say here. Like I'll say a good thing about this movie, please. <laughs> Whenever there was lighting, like extra lighting on a character's face or okay. body, or the shadows of those individuals, mm-hmm. that was done fantastic. Yeah, like yeah. for example, when um, when the princess Aurora number two, when she shows up with her her one time glowing orb, uh, and it's uh, and it's <laughs> where did it go? It's like where would it go? It's gone. Uh, we need a T shirt that says that. Um, but like where it's like it's like flying around 
I don't know the guy's name. Main guy. Tarin. Boy. Tarin. Tarin, thank you. Uh, <laughs> well, when it's like flying around him in the cave, it's casting a very... No, obviously it's casting a shadow against the wall behind him of his shadow. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it is, that is spot on animation of a shadow yeah, there's, for 1985. Like it looks, it looks like a real shadow. There's some really good technique in this film. And you're right. We, we have been giving this movie a lot of grief. I, I wonder if the 11 minutes that were cut from this film could help smooth out the bumps along the way. But mm-hmm. I don't know. There's so many characters in this. Um, but but the the techniques used in this, the animation techniques used in this are, the guy won an Oscar for how this thing was trans yeah. transferred to screen. So we're not we're not in the wrong place to be to be crediting it for that. Uh, and and the 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 Horn King is a great addition to our Wizards duel because that guy is creepy as hell. He's creepy. No, <laughs> he 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 did have. Some he's got some magic, right? Some power to him. Yeah, it, it, I would assume so. I mean, he's a living skeleton. There's got to be some. I, so, but you know, you make a fair point. I don't remember ever seeing him use any magic. Does he not go right. in the wizard's duel? <laughs> uh, you know, that's like it's a question because I feel like he should. But... Visually, visually, he's a very cool looking character, and voiced by John Hurt, the legend <sighs> that is John Hurt is is pretty when, awesome. When that credit again, because I'd never seen this movie. Mm-hmm. When that credit, when his credit came up in like the, the opening credits. Uh, or not the opening credits, but when it came up, uh, I looked him up on IMDb and I went, that's yeah. John Hurt? <laughs> what? And I got yeah. immediately more excited about this film because I had <laughs> no idea he was doing, he did a voice in a Disney movie. Not, this, a, not from this yeah. era. It, he's cool. I like his performance. Um, I like his design. I like the look of him. You're right with the lighting and the shadows. There's a lot of really, really good looking stuff in there. And I do like him as a character. I like I like Gurgi as a character. I wish that he was utilized a little differently because he really mm-hmm. everybody is used just for the single purpose they need to be used for in a scene, and and his sacrifice feel it, there's a neat idea there, and I and I I like what they did with Gurgi. Um, it's just he's in the middle of too many characters. I don't think the minstrel was worth even existing in this film. I know he's in the book, no. but adaptation, man. Um, well, see, and that's that's what it felt like that. If if I had not known it was this movie was based on books, mm-hmm. I would have told you then it was just heavily influenced by these fantasy books. Because while I don't like them, I know enough about a lot of them to know that a lot of these types of fantasy f- books and stories were generally a large cast of characters. Right. There's you know, 30 plus I, characters uh, in the book series. Right. So it's like, okay, that's obviously that's something that they brought over, which I feel like works better in a in in a book format as mm-hmm. compared to in an actual an actual film format it doesn't it's it's not as it's not as necessary to have that many characters in an adaptation when mm-hmm. you only have 90 minutes you're working with yeah i'm cu- actually come to think of it i wonder if disney would would utilize their the, and this this might date our cast by mentioning it but they're going to have a streaming <laughs> service in the next couple of years could mm-hmm. this be a series as opposed to a movie series? See, and I think it would work a lot better. Basically, it's Disney's Game of Thrones. Right. Like I said earlier, you could create a family-friendly Game of Thrones out of this. Right. And, and there, I think it would there. work better mm-hmm. as a series where we can have time to get to know these individuals, get yeah. to know the world that they're in and, and, <laughs> and grow or love, you know, grow to love or hate them, right. not just cram all this in. Cause I feel like the, excuse me, I feel like the Horn King just wasn't utilized 
nearly as much as he could have been. No, no, I would I, love to have seen more with him. <laughs> we've had someone previously that we liked the design of a character that wasn't used well. I can't remember which movie it was. Someone can remind me in the comment section. But um, yeah, he's a good looking character, but he doesn't do much. But I think you could say that about a lot of characters in here. Um, <laughs> yes, true. Very uh, true. <laughs> let's see what. Let's see what else if I have here. Um, I, I know I've been razzing Tyron as a as a dumb character, but just because he's fumbling through everything, and it's unfortunate because he he starts out in this very whiny, just I want to be on an adventure. I want to. I could his, a song would have been perfect there to develop him as a human being. Um, yep. It's he's just underdeveloped, and it's and again, it's just this whole film is so ripe with potential. I don't feel was was successfully utilized. Um, unfortunately, I feel like it it. And this is not unfortunately, but fortunately, I guess it takes movies like this, experiences like this for individuals or for like Disney to learn. You, you Sometimes you have to have a, a massive bomb in order to go, okay, what didn't work? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> what, what did work? What caused that? And because what did it, work in it? The, the, the advent of computer technology in this really thrilled a bunch of the animators that they then quickly brought over to the Great Mouse Detective to to capitalize on the use of the new this new computer technology for animation, right. um, which is also the computer technology made the apt animation technique obsolete really quick. <laughs> <laughs> and I, f- I feel like the, the new structure of this movie, because this is definitely, and this is kind of getting into the first thing, but this is a, uh, this is, there's, Definitely a a new look this movie has, mm-hmm. even compared to the Fox and the Hound. Because as we discussed uh, last week, uh, my Disney lasts last mm-hmm. week was that it was the last movie that had the credits in the start and didn't have full like what we think of nowadays as credits during right, the end right. sequence. We just uh, said the end, is, and that was it. Right, and that was it. This is the first one that. You know, it's we have a little bit of like a um, a little bit of like a, like a prologue, and then it's just mm-hmm. boom, Black Cauldron title, which yeah. is very Disney. Like that's <laughs> very eighties, early nineties Disney to just be like title card, title card, Black. Lion King, and then, <laughs> yep, and then fade away, and then story goes on, and like mm-hmm. it, 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 because my first note I wrote down, well, my second note I wrote down, I'll tell you my first one in a minute, uh, um, my two all caps sentences that I wrote <laughs> oh, this yeah? week's notes. Oh, yeah, there. Those are good. I'll give me a second for those. But like my my thought was, well, going into this movie at the beginning, the first five minutes, I'm like, this feels like a 90s, like an early 90s Disney. It feels like that era. Like in just the pacing and the tone of it and the way it looks and how it's opening. I'm like, this is the Disney I know. Okay. And I liked that. So I'm, I'm sure that's de- that, that, that definitely helped kind of like that, that helped motivate the animators because they saw that this isn't their – this isn't the Disney movie they remember from a kid you mm. know, when they were younger. They're definitely right. in a new era of Disney. Yeah, we've, we, we are ushering a new generation of animators, a new generation of storytellers – um, into what will become the the Renaissance era, right? And it's and it's learning from the missteps that these past three movies have had that I think gave us the Renaissance. That it, it it's going to take the twenty plus twenty five plus movies to get us to Aladdin and Lion King and Beauty and the Beast and Little Mermaid. Like the, right, that era is coming up, and and it's because of this because there is a lot of credit to be given to. To the movies we have seen in this in this dark age area era, uh, there there is credit to be have, and it leaves me wondering, Jeff, of all the movies we've watched, no, so far, you <laughs> did it to me. <laughs> ah, gotcha. Of all Damn the movies, you. 
we've watched this far. So for those who may not, and I'm going to give you a preamble so you can think. So those of you who may not be aware, uh, if this is your first uh, first listening to, to an episode, what we've been doing is we've been watching this library of films in chunks of 10 and ranking the movies 1 through 10. Lists are fun, right? Everyone likes a good list. Love uh, we, lists. We just couldn't feasibly bring ourselves to make a list of 56 films because that would be quite the task. So what we have done is break them into 10s. We are currently in our third chunk of 10. This is Indeed. movie n- m- number uh, 25. Correct. So that gives that gives us what we've watched in this era was Winnie the Pooh, Rescuers, uh, Winnie the Pooh, The Rescuers, Fox and the Hound, and now The Black Cauldron. Jeff, yes. where do you place this film? So I had finished the movie. And as oh, for you, Robin Hood, Robin Hood was also in there. Sorry. Forgot oh yes. That. Robin Hood was in there. <laughs> um, I, I, I finished this movie and I did what I usually do. I, I generally will put down a ranking right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Just your and instinct. I, just my instinct. I'm like, you know what? This is the, cause, cause the way I look at it, that is more often than not, that is my true feeling about a film. Mm-hmm. Um, because the, the, in regards to whether or not it was, Bad or good, I should say. I guess so. Yeah, it's my true feeling. Just your knee-jerk response. My knee-jerk response. But I always write that down and I let it sit. And then I usually come back to it the next day, so like today. And I kind of think about it for a little bit. And I'm like, well, was it really, does it really rank or does it really uh, deserve that ranking or not? And uh, I did some thinking about this one. Mm -hmm. And my number did not change. Okay. It's going to make some people upset, maybe? Question mark? Okay, I'm I'm still curious. (laughs) It's your number one. I I can't believe it, Jeff. What have you done? It it beat out Beauty and the Beast. (laughs) This last 45 minutes was all a ruse. Um, (laughs) Okay, okay. What what do we got? No, um, I am actually putting this movie, I'm putting it at my number four. Really? Okay. Because I, as, 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 Oh, see, like as cool as it looked, and as all like the stuff that it brought to the table for what will eventually become the Disney movies that I loved and I grew up on, and all that, because it's a fantasy film, mm-hmm. it goes down by my Robin Hood. Wow! So, <laughs> ra- oh yeah, that that I complete. I didn't process that Robin Hood does ca- kind of fall into that genre that you're not in love with. Exactly. So that makes sense. Exactly. So you're putting and, it above Robin Hood. Above Robin Hood because between and this is where this is what I had to think about because mm-hmm. between the two of them, I would watch this movie first. Wow! All right. If given a chance, just because yeah, and again, it's mostly because of my, I just don't care for this. I don't care for these types of stories. Mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings was a fluke. <laughs> I did not mind. I don't mind those movies. I enjoy those movies mm-hmm. because they're kind of a fun actiony. I kind of and I like the visuals to them, and that's what I like about the Lord of the Rings. But the Lord of the Rings were a big like that's a that's a big asterisk of a well, this is an exception. <laughs> These are but I I can't read the books. I cannot read oh, no. the Lord of the Rings no. books. Not not many people can, Jeff. Let's let's be fair. Not many people can. <laughs> so, so what what, what does that so make yeah, your think, rank then? So my ranking then is the Fox and the Hound is number one. Mm-hmm. The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh is number two. Mm-hmm. The Rescuers are number three. Black Cauldron's number four, and Robin Hood's number five. Number five. Wow, this is interesting. I, this really is telling of our tastes in this this era more than the previous two, the previous mm-hmm. ten that we've watched. Because I'm going to place Black Cauldron as number at number five. This is my bottom movie right now. Oh, really? And it, really? And, it fall, and it's in that same realm that you had just stated, where it's would I watch one over the other? 
And mm-hmm. though I didn't love the rescuers, there is a charm to Bob, my my affection for Bob Newhart. There's a charm in uh, Miss Bianca portrayed perfectly by um, uh, Miss Gabor. Um, yes. <laughs> and uh, all I watch with Black Cauldron, all I see when I watch Black Cauldron is the potential and what I would, what I would hope they would try differently, what I wish they had done differently. And right. – and that puts it at the bottom. It's it's there's still some neat stuff in here, but it really is that potential that puts it above other films in in maybe other conversations. But right now, I'm gonna put it put it at the bottom there. And yeah, depending on well, actually, I know it's coming up, so that that may or may not stay. But at this point, I just feel like it's the weakest movie we've watched because of all the missteps in its in its production and in its execution. That's just me, right? And that's and that's a very good fair point because that's 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 a lot of what I that's a lot of my problems with the movie is because like I just I don't like as we've talked about I don't like all the extra characters that we really didn't need in the ninety minute movie we could have condensed those they could have been just a little more you know trim some of the extra fat it's it's a lot of those same things and like that that like the technology is there but it's just all about the story and I would have I really would have loved to have seen now I know somebody on YouTube has kind of like more or less recreated quote unquote the like the the one deleted scene of the guy being sacrificed because there has been some cells like animation cells released from that sequence uh so which I've showed up online just do a google search and you can find them uh but the guy's recreation of it he obviously did what he could which is he took the movie and he cut in where the animation cells were supposed to go and kind of recreated that moment but still it's just you know, I, I, I would I would love to have known whether those deleted scenes would have made this movie better. I would love a restoration. I would love to see a restoration of this film because there are some lines that could use some real cleaning up. The background to to the cell animation is a little rough in spots. I I think well, I, I've said it too many times at this point. This is ripe for a reboot or re- doing it again. So I, I fully support that. And I love your idea that maybe the net, the Disney streaming service would this would be a, a like a flagship. Because what better way than to try to sacrifice? You know, instead of risking it with another movie, let's let's mm-hmm. let's put it let's put it into let's put it into a series. Let's put it into a television show for a little while. And and since which is seems to be working for a lot of properties that didn't work as movies and now are TV or web series or TV shows on streaming services. Yeah, there there's not a desire for film fantasy. Mm-hmm. There's just not. No. The, the Lord of the Rings was the end of that. And Harry Potter would be the end of that as well. I don't think that anyone has come along and figured out how to capture the success of either of those two film franchises right. in cinema. When you have something like Game of Thrones doing what it's doing on on TV, that's that. I mean, we were criticizing Disney for chasing trends, but it just t- TV is in a place right now where you can tell more complex stories, and Black Cauldron ha- itself has has some complexity to it that that would benefit from from that. So. Whether it's a restoration and adding in those scenes, or or going one step further and and redoing this in its entirety, I'm I'm behind it, Jeff. Make it happen. I oh, make I, it happen. It's my turn. Do, I it. do it. I have to make I, it happen. I'm okay, guys. I'll be back. I have to go produce an entire web series. I'm working on I'm working on my own thing. Jeez. <laughs> well, what I I like I have things I have things I work would, on too. Well, I, I'm curious, Jeff. Would you play this for kids? Is this there any is this a movie that you would play for kids? Absolutely not. No, I think that this you'd have to have the right kind of of like if a kid has read the hobbits and is into it. If the kid has watched 
the darker Harry Potter films and is really into it. If fantasy and swords and sorcery, yes. if you're if you're just a little older than you were when you fell in love with Sword in the Stone, then this is just the next logical step in that love for this genre and and a stepping stone into some really dark fantasy that is some of the best fantasy. So I would say yes in only those qualifiers. Right, exactly. I would not just say, hey, you want to watch a Disney movie? Yeah. This is the Black Cauldron. Enjoy your nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Also, why, also I'm a, I must be a terrible babysitter if I just plopped them down and just <laughs> left the room in a fashion of those. Uh. Uh, the, so we have a couple comments from... From, well, actually, before I say that, are there lessons to be learned in this? I think there's the same lessons that could be learned in any hero's journey. Mm-hmm. Just you could learn those hero's quest lessons better in other films, such exactly. as Star Wars or Harry Potter or, or Lord of the Rings itself. Oh, and yeah. I, I would, this I movie would, isn't teaching anything. <laughs> I would sit somebody down and be like, you want to hear? You want to learn the hero's journey? Let's watch Star Wars. Like, let's watch yeah, that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> let's, like, and there's so many other movies to watch before I would put this on mm-hmm. as the movie, but... Whatever, whatever, you know, you make your own decisions. I'm not here to judge. So, well, were there any that I know of one first that were in this? And, uh, and, I, and since I'm usually the one who does it, I'll point out that they did recycle some animation in this. Yes, they there did. Some bald, bald mountain animation used almost in the very beginning of this film. Like, right. way to have faith in your new animation technique, guys. Come on now. <laughs> By just pulling from an old source. Be like, nah, we're not going to, we're not going to have you guys animate that. Do why you, are we going to have you animate that? Do you know that? why, do you know why those old films do hold up more that the animation just looks better. When you go back to Pinocchio, which is our which is our number one from our first ten, the reason that movie itself looks so damn good is they hand airbrushed every single cell which is insane. of that film, <laughs> which is insane. That there's it's just in, an impossible amount of work and time and money that would be that could be asked from animators, especially in the era we're watching now. Mm-hmm. That. Having Katzenberg and, Eisen, and Eisner being like, no, faster, more, quick, movie, not enough of that airbrushing every cell, no one cares. Like, <laughs> that's why Pinocchio looks the way it does, and why this one looks the way it does. Yep. Uh, but but uh, so there's there's a trope there, the the recycling animation. But what are, do you have any firsts or any tropes? Um, some more tropes. Uh, we definitely have the animal sidekick. <laughs> yes. Yeah. If you <laughs> for both up. the hero and the villain. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then the other one that I have for my tropes would be that the villain is killed or done in or defeated by his own doing or stupidity. Ah, uh, hubris. Yes. Because <laughs> I was watching it, I'm like, all right, all right. So is he going to fall off a cliff? What's he going to do? Is he going to fall off into the black cauldron? What else is going to happen? And then he got you know, sucked I, into it. And I'm like, all right, that's close enough. That's good enough. You know. As much as John Hurt's voice was great for this character, and I might just be thinking of a Don Bluth movie and it's just not striking me right now, mm-hmm. don't you feel like Christopher Lloyd would have been perfect for the voice of the bad uh, guy? Yes, uh, I because I, I always... must be thinking of something else. Are you thinking of uh, DuckTales, Treasure of the Lost Lamp? Yeah, maybe that's it. That's it, that very similar tall, evil guy. Yep. I mean, he's big and rotund, but he is the evil guy who takes over Duckburg at the end, and it is Christopher Lloyd. So, <laughs> okay. So Christopher Lloyd's the voice of the the Horn King, and his little goblin guy, yep. Josh Gad. Oh, Josh Gad voices him. There you go. My there you go. I've recast the movie. Everybody, Gilbert Godfrey is the one fairy. 
Uh, let's uh, let's get Kristen mm. Bell to do another princess voice. Who's with me? <laughs> well, I'm, you know what? This is an interesting concept, but we need to start doing more often. TC, let's recast. Re- recasting. The movie. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Oh man! And, you know what? Fine. And I want actually one little addition here. If this were to exist now, you better believe there'd be some spinoff show or some short films about the fairy folk. Oh, heck yes! Oh man, and I'm sure Gergi <laughs> would get his own like directed. Direct a video, see like movie. Nah, just a short. You'd have you have a Gergi oh. short, much like you have an Olaf short. That's now. true. Boy, we're this is really telling of what we think of modern day Disney. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think we like you, it. Uh, I'm just confused. Well, what other tropes? Were there any? So other uh, that was the only tropes I had. Uh, we've already talked about. I wrote down three first, but we kind of we've already mentioned mm-hmm, two mm-hmm. of the three. One of them being the 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 APT process instead of the Xerox approach. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, the other one, uh, number two, being that there's an actual end credits complete with music, not mm-hmm, a song, mm-hmm. but complete with music and a f- like normal credits. Um, but well, my first, my first major first, which was the first thing that I wrote in all capital letter- letters in my notes, yeah. was that the movie began with the Walt Disney logo. Yes, the that, I wrote it down too. The blue oh. with the white castle and the arc going over it. Yeah. Now I had mentioned that earlier in some one of the movies we watched, where I was like, "Hey, it was the first time I saw this," but it was because it was a re-release of a film. This was the first official use of that logo, of that logo. which they used for decades. Yeah. I, do, you, do you know the first movie that used the CG one they use now? Is that the? I thought that was like Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, it was one of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. I actually wondered if you knew which one it was. <laughs> oh, um, I thought it was uh, Dead Man's Chest. Okay. If well, I recall that, correctly. That's, that Disney logo, wow. I, that's that's my childhood right there. That's the thing. <laughs> when that came on, I'm not going to lie, I got goosebumps because it just yeah, it just went, uh, oh my goodness, I'm a kid. Like this is this is nostalgia. this is my child. Yeah, the nostalgia just rushed back inside of me, <laughs> and I hadn't realized how like how ingrained that logo and that little music piece is in my head. Yeah, that is in my in my I, threads in my core. TC, in I would core. defy it. your core. It's your very being. <laughs> very yeah, being. That is childhood. That is so much of my childhood. Just in in the fifteen seconds it exists on the <sighs> screen. Um, but you know what? I'm I'm curious to hear what's what the fans have to say, yes. what the listeners have to say. For those of you who are listening, and uh, are head on over to Facebook.com/slash Top Shelf Pod, you'll see our posts for the films before we record, and you'll also find the postings when the films go up to get your reactions to. Uh, the film itself, or what we have to say, and and maybe we have a rebuttal for some comment we made, or or you want to want us to elaborate on something. Which I've had some fun conversations with uh, in private messages and in the thread as well of people who were like, hey, what did you mean by this, or did you consider this? And and uh, oftentimes we we do consider it. It's just after we're done recording, so it's fun to get in there and continue talking about the movies after the fact. Yes. Um, and you can also tweet at Jeff at Random Bell, or you can tweet at me at TC's Big Head. And I do have a couple comments today, if uh, if you don't mind me diving in here, Jeff. Oh, please do. Please do. All right, cool. Uh, so first I have a tweet from uh, Candace, who asks if we think the old man at the beginning orchestrated the entire adventure to shut, to shut Taran up. <laughs> So, so yes. d- d- was this all just a fabricated adventure to send this kid? And you know what? This is not the most unrealistic idea because this kid fumbles and lucks his way 
through the entire film that I I could see a version of this done where he is a complete incompetent fool who is just Daga sword now, guys. I'm a knight, and and everyone else has to like placate him yeah. and it's like it's like the game but <laughs> but he's a dummy <laughs> hmm. I went on an adventure I'm a knight I'm a knight oh just a doofus just a doofus that would so, be fantastic <laughs> that's a great that's a great tweet theory Candace thank you for that I like that theory thank you um, D- D- Jeff, what do you think? Do you think the old? What do you you get behind that? You know, I could totally <laughs> kind of get behind that because that that old man just seems so fed up and so tired of just hearing him complain he's, about it. Like he's just making stuff up. He made him wash a pig. Come on, that pig doesn't see anything. That no. is a lie. <laughs> and that's I think that I think that cauldron was actually just a bunch of like potion or maybe just a bunch of booze and it was all just like a magic potion just to throw him off. He was actually the entire time he's just out in the woods walking in circles. He's hallucinating. The just horned imagining. king is a deer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Gurgly is just a small bear that really wants to get back to its mom. Uh, <laughs> he's just out oh, in the woods. Man. Smash cut. Three quarters of the way through this movie, smash cut to the old man walking out of his hut. And he's just he looks out and he just sees the boy out in the woods. <laughs> and he just... I gotta save the princess. <laughs> he just, he just you know what sighs this is? and just Jeff, turns and walks You know what away. this is? I want you... I want you to take all that. I want you to wrap it in your imagination. Travel back into an alternate reality, back to the sixties with me, and let this movie star Jerry Lewis. Oh, you can see it now, can't you? I can see that so respect. well. Oh, respect. Oh man, because th- there you to go. To play that version, to play the Nutty Professor. <laughs> Oi, and yep. I'm swinging the sword, the, and I'm going. <laughs> the very cliche character that Jerry Lewis used to always play. <clears throat> mm-hmm, yes. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Or, or you know, oh, yeah. That. Oh, thank you for that tweet. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> right, I do have a comment here from Wyatt from the Facebook page okay. on the thread. The only character question he has is, "Who is more bland, Aurora or Eloy?" <laughs> oh man! Uh, he he gives points to Aurora because she can sing circles around Eloy and and Wyatt. I think Aurora can sing circles around everyone at this point. True. <laughs> um, uh, and. Um, uh, and but uh, Eloi's vocal directi- diver- delivery is meh, but even even she's more motivated, which I that I agree, and I did touch on that that she does. She's a much more proactive character. Um, <laughs> really? Also, they're both How? princesses, but <laughs> no, but sorry. Eloi seems like she's the only one by name. At least Aurora was put into some sort of witness protection program. <laughs> so Aurora or Eloi, who's who's the better character? He asks who's the more bland. I'll ask, who's the better character? I actually would have to say Aurora is probably the better character between the two of them. I guess just uh, <laughs> I don't. Wait, hold on. Let me let me think about this. Let me think. You you answer. Let me think. I I like I really like Eloi for like two thirds of the film. Once she becomes the 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 love interest the prize to be won like uh she does a little bit of uh crying and bemoaning her circumstances that right. is uh, that is less proactive and and strong but there are there are elements in her that you could find in someone like Anna from Frozen if if you may let me jump ahead and, and reference that character oh yes or someone who's so a character who's who's take who's much more taking care of herself and though she is credited as a princess 
the Horn King does call her a scullery maid, so then I wonder if she's lying. But they've she is a princess in the in the canon of the book, so there's that. But maybe that's just a subplot that wasn't developed. <laughs> it probably was among it probably was like a line that was mentioned in a single scene that got deleted. You know, it's probably mm-hmm. like one of those. Yeah, I guess right. That were like it would have uh, made sense had that been in <laughs> in the movie, but <laughs> alas. No, it wasn't. Yeah, I like I like Aurora. I, Once upon a dream is one of my favorite Disney songs, mm-hmm. at least so far in the in the couple dozen we've watched. And and she's, but we we kind of she's our whipping girl, right? <laughs> when we talk about underdeveloped characters yes. or very very uh, MacGuffin esque protagonists, <laughs> like you're the main character. How many lines of dialogue you have? <laughs> you spoke like what? Three. <laughs> Five lines yeah. with a song, maybe? I, I don't, she didn't do much in that. You and Dumbo, you yeah. probably hang out. <laughs> yeah. This is just very quiet, plain scrabble, just... <laughs> good one, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's it. So what about you? Do you, do you, do you, what's your, what's your, what's the better character I, for you? You know, Aurora? I still, I do. I, I, I Just between the it's, two of them, I do like Aurora mm-hmm. more because... And it, it does, it just comes down to the fact that I feel like Elowin, Al- Alanowin, Ellie... Whatever her name is, yeah, her, her woman, woman, <laughs> uh, uh, girl, kind of, kind of girl, princess from this movie, uh, just because mm-hmm. they just they didn't. I don't feel like they developed her enough out of it, and it's like I can't get behind her. Yes, I understand Aurora's not super developed either. Yes, but she's from a movie that I, I enjoyed <laughs> a, a little. That's a tough battle. That's a, I don't know. That that's a tough hard. call. <laughs> that's hard. Can we just call it a draw? Yeah, we'll call it a draw. Can we call it a so. copy draw, like a similar draw, because they look a lot alike? Is that possible? Hmm? Oh yeah, they are kind of reminiscent of each other. I mean, they are deliberately reminiscent of uh, is deliberately reminiscent of Aurora. So TC new theory, they are one and the same. Well, this is before and, Aurora yeah. grows up. Mm. No, mm? no, nah, that would like give that. her way too much more. Well, she was out adventuring in the. Oh man, what if she was out adventuring in the woods mm. and she wandered off, and those dumb fairies didn't notice, and she went on this whole adventure. But that would imply that Maleficent and the Horn King were working in tandem, or at least uh, um, working at the same time. Maleficent has horns. Oh my God, guys! What have we done? <laughs> I mean, is there a way, Jeff? Hmm. Fan edit, fan, fan edit. edit. You okay. couldn't do it. Be- you couldn't do it because the animation wouldn't mix. Could you put these two movies together and make a single movie? It's all mm, probably about not. <laughs> <laughs> probably not because it's gonna be like why is why does part of this movie look really good and the other part of this look and like part crap. Of this really bad <laughs> you know what I I'm curious to see what, again what the yes. the fans what the listeners have to say what do you feel about this movie what do you feel about the points we've made hit us up on Twitter hit us up in the comment section this is there there is a love for this movie and um and I. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, is this a movie this that was, you like? Is this a movie that you that you grew up watching or that you've seen no, since then no, and, and liked? So I had only seen this movie once before today, hmm. f- before our discussion. I had it was because it was so impossible to find. This movie was impossible to find when I was collecting Disney movies about seven eight years ago. When I was trying to get this entire library, this is one of the hardest ones to find. This was as this was just a little easier than finding some of the package movies. Oh, jeez! <laughs> because at least the package movies had had like fun and fancy free. Because Mickey's in it, he they had had a very prominent VHS release for that film. And Black Cauldron was, it was released a couple times in two different formats. They couldn't. This film was originally this film in its original version was a seventy millimeter. Like this was super widescreen. Yeah, I was gonna say because that was the one thing. Because the version that I ended up watching looks like it was a. I don't necessarily think it was a Blu-ray 
like an HD rep. It was. It's kind of hard to tell, but it was. It was definitely widescreen. And um, they uh, did. They did a pan and scan release, which is ugh. Why would DVD. you do that? It, it might have been the VHS that was pan. But there's a pan and scan version out of this, and if you don't know what pan and scan is, it's just the it's just the worst way to transfer a film. I don't like the black bars at the top. Shit. Shut it. up. It's part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> people are stupid back 15 years ago. So uh, yes, but, uh, so definitely so, people. That's the, the yeah. Go yes. ahead. <laughs> no, I'm just going. I'm I'm good. I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, what we're moving on. We're, we're moving, moving on. on. Let's next just week. get we off the We have another film today. What are we going to next? All right. Week? So next week, we are going to be watching the 1986 movie. So just a year after this one we just finished watching uh, came mm-hmm. out, we're going to watch the 1986 movie, The Great Mouse Detective. Sherlock Holmes, the mouse. Indeed, I'm gonna. I'm kind of intrigued to Basil, see this. Now for, Basil of Baker Street. Now, for those of you who want to know, uh, Great Mouse Detective is on Amazon for three ninety nine. You can rent it and watch <laughs> you it. You know, Amazon needs to start to uh, uh, sponsoring our our show here. I, I think, think they should. We we we've been plugging them pretty well. It, yes, please please uh, track this movie down if you have. Jeff, have you seen this film? This one, um, I have vague memories of this film from a childhood. I think I okay. have seen this one. But uh, for the life of you, I, I I I could not tell you what happens in it. The fact that you said, "Oh, okay. it's Sherlock Holmes," kind of made me go, "Okay, I think I remember <laughs> more about it." But that's a, it. I have a very particular fond memory of this film that I, I'm really excited to share with you guys next week. Ooh. That I that I I have for this film. So, but uh, I think that does that that will do it for this week. Indeed. And uh, Jeff, we are still in the same state, but we have not yet gotten the same room. I it know. will happen. I assure you. <laughs> it's I. It's so sad. We're not in the same room at all. Like, we're so close. It will season. happen. Same will time happen. zone. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, hopefully soon, hopefully soon TC and I will be in the same room. Otherwise, if not, I'm sure we'll be mm-hmm. back again next week with more episodes, another episode, mm-hmm. Singler. We don't do multiple episodes a week because that'd be silly. And that'd be kind of hard. Silly. That's a lot of Disney to watch, even though that would That's get me a lot work. of conversation. Yeah. We and we don't like talking to each other at all. No, no, no. We as soon as this podcast ends, the conversation ends. You Just... know, when when the audio is la- <laughs> like when the audio is fading up for the music at the end, and we're laughing. I've already stopped recording. So, <laughs> oh, oh, you son of a! <laughs> Thank you everyone for listening. All right, like, subscribe, hit us up on Twitter, hit us up on Facebook. I am TC. I'm Jeff, and TC and do the sign off. Yeah. This is a sign-off. That's fantastic. We're never going to change it. That's what we're doing, right? We're never going to change it despite it being one of the lamest. (laughs) (laughs) And it came out of just the lack of having a sign-off. What should we say? What should we say? (laughs) All right, we're we're fading out here. Get out of here, everybody. We'll see you next week. Come on. Go away. Go away. (laughs) Go away. (laughs) But we love you. Please come back. Bye. (laughs) Go away, but come back. Can they hear me? Can they hear me still? This has been a production of Ghost Hat Media, proud member of the Ghost Hat Network. Find them online at www.ghosthat.net. <laughs> I like the ending.